Section 8 of The Rustlers of Pecos County by Zane Gray. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 4, Part 2. Steele Breaks Up the Party. As Steele had abandoned his search, I had nothing to do now but let the others decide what disposition was to be made of Snecker. Right, what do you do with him? I queried, as if uncertain now the capture was made. I let Snecker go and sheathed my weapon. That seemed a signal for him to come to life. I guess he had not much fancied the wide and somewhat variable sweep of that cocked gun. I'll see to that, replied Wright gruffly, and he pushed Snecker in front of him into the hall. I followed them out into the court at the back of the house. As I had very little further curiosity, I did not wait to see where they went, but hurried back to relieve Miss Sampson and Sally. I found them as I had left them, Sally, quiet, pale, Miss Sampson nervous and distressed. I soon calmed their fears of any further trouble or possible disturbance. Miss Sampson then became curious and wanted to know who the rustler was. How strange he should come here, she said several times. Probably he'd run this way or thought he had a better chance to hide where there was dancing and confusion, I replied gibbly. I wondered how much longer I would find myself keen to shunt her mind from any channel leading to suspicion. Would Papa have arrested him, she asked. Colonel Sampson might have made it hot for him, I replied frankly, feeling that if what I said had a double meaning, it was still no lie. Oh, I forgot the ranger, she exclaimed suddenly. That awful sight, the whole front of him bloody. Russ, how could he stand up under such a wound? Do you think it'll kill him? That's hard to say. A man like Steele can stand a lot. Russ, please go find him. See how it is with him, she said almost pleadingly. I started, glad of the chance, and hurried down toward the town. There was a light in the little adobe house where he lived, and proceeding cautiously, so as to be sure no one saw me, I went close and whistled low in a way he would recognize. Then he opened the door, and I went in. Hello, son, he said. You needn't have worried. Sling a blanket over that window so no one can see in. He had his shirt off, and he had been in the act of bandaging a wound that the bullet had cut in his shoulder. Let me tie that up, I said, taking the strips of linen. Ah, shot you from behind, didn't he? How else, you local lady charmer? It's a wonder I didn't have to tell you that. Tell me about it. Steele related a circumstance differing little from other attempts at his life, and concluded by saying that Snecker was a good runner if he was not a good shot. I finished the bandaging and stood off, admiring Steele's magnificent shoulders. I noted, too, on the fine white skin more than one scar made by bullets. I got an impression that his strength and vitality were like his spirit, unconquerable. So you knew it was Bill Snecker's son, I asked, when I had told him about finding the rustler. Sure, Jim Hodden pointed him out to me yesterday. Both the Sneckers are in town. From now on, we're going to be busy, Russ. It can't come too soon for me, I replied. Shall I chuck my job, come out from behind these cowboy togs? Not yet. We need proof, Russ. We've got to be able to prove things. Hang on at the ranch yet a while. This Bo Snecker was scared stiff 
till he recognized Wright. Isn't that proof? No, that's nothing. We've got to catch Sampson and Wright red-handed. I don't like the idea of you trailing along alone, I protested. Remember what Neil told me? I'm to kick. It's time for me to hang round with a couple of guns. You'll never use one. The hell I won't, he retorted with a dark glance of passion. I was surprised that my remark had angered him. You fellows are all wrong. I know when to throw a gun. You ought to remember that rangers have a bad name for wanting to shoot, and I'm afraid it's deserved. Did you shoot at Snecker? I queried. I could have got him in the back, but that wouldn't do. I shot three times at his legs, tried to let him down. I'd have made him tell everything he knew, but he ran. He was too fast for me. Shooting at his legs? No wonder he ran. He savvied your game, all right. It's funny, Vaughn, how these rustlers and gunmen don't mind being killed. But to cripple them, rope them, jail them, that's hell to them. Well, I'm to go on, up at the ranch, falling further in love with that sweet kid, instead of coming out straight to face things with you. Steele had to laugh, yet he was more thoughtful of my insistence. Russ, you think you have patience, but you don't know what patience is. I won't be hurried on this job, but I'll tell you what. I'll hang under cover most of the time when you're not close to me. See, that can be managed. I'll watch for you when you come in town. We'll go in the same places, and in case I get busy, you can stand by and trail along after me. That satisfy you? Fine, I said, both delighted and relieved. Well, I'll have to rustle back now to tell Miss Sampson you're all right. Steele had about finished pulling on a clean shirt, exercising care not to disarrange the bandages, and he stopped short to turn squarely and look at me with hungry eyes. Russ, did she show sympathy? She was all broken up about it, thought you were going to die. Did she send you? Sure, and she said hurry, I replied. I was not a little gleeful over the apparent possibility of Steele being in the same boat with me. Do you think she would have cared if, if I had been shot up bad? The great giant of a ranger asked this like a boy, hesitatingly, with color in his face. Care? Vaughn, you're as thick-headed as you say I'm locoed. Diane Sampson has fallen in love with you, that's all. Love at first sight. She doesn't realize it, but I know. There he stood as if another bullet had struck him, this time straight through the heart. Perhaps one had and I repented a little of my overconfident declaration. Still, I would not go back on it. I believed it. Russ, for God's sakes, what a terrible thing to say, he ejaculated hoarsely. No, it's not terrible to say it. Only the fact is terrible. I went on. I may be wrong, but I swear I'm right. When you opened your coat, showed that bloody breast, well, I'll never forget her eyes. She had been furious. She showed passion, hate. Then, all in a second something wonderful, beautiful, broke through. Pity, fear, agonized thought of your death. If that's not love, if, if she did not betray love, then I never saw it. She thinks she hates you, but she loves you. Get out of here, he ordered thickly. I went, not forgetting to peep out at the door and listen a moment. Then I hurried into the open, up toward the ranch. The stars were very big and bright, so calm, so cold, that it somehow hurt me to look at them. 
not like men's lives surely what had fate done to vaughn Steele and to me i had a moment of bitterness an emotion rare with me most rangers put love behind them when they entered the service and seldom found it after that but love had certainly met me on the way and now i had confirmation of my fear that vaughn was hard hit then the wildness the adventure in me stirred to the wonder of it all it was in me to exult even in the face of fate Steele and i while balancing our lives on the hair trigger of a gun had certainly fallen into a tangled web of circumstances not calculated in the role of rangers i went back to the ranch with regret remorse sorrow knocking at my heart but notwithstanding that tingling alive to the devilish excitement of the game i knew not what it was that prompted me to sow the same seed in diane sampson's breast that i had sown in steel's probably it was just a propensity for sheer mischief probably a certainty of the truth and a strange foreshadowing of a coming event if diane sampson loved through her this event might be less tragic somehow love might save us all that was the shadowy portent flitting in the dark maze of my mind at the ranch dancing had been resumed there might never have been any interruption of the gaiety i found miss sampson on the lookout for me and she searched my face with eyes that silenced my one last qualm of conscience let's go out in the patio i suggested i don't want anyone to hear what i say outside in the starlight she looked white and very beautiful i felt her tremble perhaps my gravity presaged the worst so it did in one way poor vaughn i went down to steele's doby the little place where he lives i began weighing my words he let me in was surprised he had been shot high in the shoulder not a dangerous wound i bandaged it for him he was grateful said he had no friends poor fellow oh i'm glad it it isn't bad said miss sampson something glistened in her eyes he looked strange sort of forlorn i think your words what you said hurt him more than the bullet i'm sure of that miss sampson oh i saw that myself i was furious but i-i meant what i said you wrong steele i happen to know i know his record along the rio grande it's scarcely my place miss sampson to tell you what you'll find out yourself sooner or later what shall i find out she demanded i've said enough no you mean my father and cousin george are misinformed or wrong about steele i feared it this last hour it was his look that pierced me oh i hate to be unjust you say i wronged him russ then you take sides with him against my father yes i replied very low she was keenly hurt and seemed despite an effort to shrink from me it's only natural you should fight for your father i went on perhaps you don't understand he has ruled here for long he's been well let's say easy with the evildoers but times are changing he opposed the ranger idea which is also natural i suppose still he's wrong about steel terribly wrong and it means trouble oh i don't know what to believe it might be well for you to think things out for yourself russ i feel as though i couldn't i can't make head or tail of life out here my father seems so strange though of course 
I've only seen him twice a year since I was a little girl. He has two sides to him. When I come up upon the strange side, the one I never knew, he's like a man I never saw. I want to be a good and loving daughter. I want to help him fight his battles. But he doesn't. He doesn't satisfy me. He's grown impatient and wants me to go back to Louisiana. That gives me a feeling of mystery. Oh, it's all mystery. True, you're right, I replied, my heart aching for her. It's all mystery and trouble for you, too. Perhaps you'd do well to go home. Russ, you suggest I leave here, leave my father, she asked. I advise it. You struck a, a rather troublesome time. Later you might return if... Never. I came to stay, and I'll stay, she declared, and there her temper spoke. Miss Sampson, I began again, after taking a long, deep breath. I ought to tell you one thing more about Steele. Well, go on. Doesn't he strike you now as being the farthest removed from a ranting, brutal ranger? I confess he was at least a gentleman. Rangers don't allow anything to interfere with the discharge of their duty. He was courteous after you defamed him. He respected your wish. He did not break up the dance. This may not strike you particularly, but let me explain that Steele was chasing an outlaw who had shot him. Under ordinary circumstances, he would have searched your house. He would have been like a lion. He would have torn the place down around our ears to get that rustler. But his action was so different from what I expected, it amazed me. Just now, when I was with him, I learned, I guessed, what stayed his hand. I believe you ought to know. Know what, she asked. How starry and magnetic her eyes. A woman's divining intuition made them wonderful with swift, varying emotion. They drew me on to the fatal plunge. What I was doing to her, to Vaughn. Something bound my throat, making speech difficult. He's fallen in love with you, I hurried on in a husky voice. Love at first sight, terrible, hopeless. I saw it, felt it. I can't explain how I know, but I do know. That's what stayed his hand here, and that's why I'm on his side. He's alone. He has a terrible task here without any handicaps. Every man is against him. If he fails, you might be the force that weakened him. So you ought to be kinder in your thought of him. Wait before you judge him further. If he isn't killed, time will prove him noble instead of vile. If he is killed, which is more than likely, you'll feel the happier for a generous doubt in favor of the man who loves you. Like one stricken blind, she stood an instant, then, with her hands at her breast, she walked straight across the patio into the dark, open door of her room. End of section 8